Hi, and welcome to the Unplugged Debate. On this podcast, we delve into the ideas surrounding human interaction with both nature and technology, talking to people about their time in the outdoors, starting from when they were younger all the way through to present day, developing a picture on who and what motivates them to be outside and why they do the things they do in the outdoors. Crossing over into talking about their technology usage and how that's changed throughout their life and speaking to them about the different types of technology they use on a day-to-day basis, from their mobile phones to their running shoes. Once we've developed a good picture of them, we incorporate that into how they think technology has changed their outlook on life and their time in the outdoors. And finishing with how they think technological development has changed society on a wider scale. So hello and welcome. So on today's episode, we have Arkish Finode. Uh, Arkish is from California. Um, you did a bachelor's in mechanical engineering from the Georgia Institute of Technology, uh, and you have an MBA from UCLA. That's correct. And you're currently working as a technician sourcing for hardware for a technology company in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, yeah, it's technical sourcing. Yeah, at a at a Silicon Valley tech company. Awesome, and so you've also got your little side hustle going on at the moment as well. You know, you've designed these um, wireless wireless speakers that connect with um, throughout the house, but they you, you've designed them to be affordable compared to compared to the competitors. Yeah, yeah, you know, most um, if you want to kind of set up like a speaker in every room in your home, most uh, options right now are just like super expensive. They're pretty much all over a hundred dollars per speaker. Mm. And, you know, you're, you're putting a bunch of those in every room, uh, that really adds up. And so, um, my speakers are, they're a much simpler build. They don't kind of have a lot of the extra stuff, you know, no microphones and voice assistants, for example, they're really just meant to be speakers. Um, and, uh, the goal was to really make it, you know, affordable, accessible for as many people as possible so that if you really do want to just kind of stick some simple speakers in all the different corners of your home, uh, you can get my speakers and you can do that. Um, Unfortunately, right now, I'm only kind of launching in the US, but yeah, yeah, really excited. Indiegogo campaigns launching in a week and a half. Well, fantastic, mate. Well done. And um, and you said in your in in our initial chat and and your email that you sent that uh, you love hiking and running and you were you did cross country whilst you were at school um, and then you you've also dabbled in skiing and rock climbing and a bit of underwater spear fishing which is something that you know sort of you don't hear a lot of so what you know when did you get into water, underwater spear fishing. Well, I, I, those are just things I've all, I've tried once in a while. That's actually because oh, okay. my father-in-law is really into spearfishing mm-hmm. um, and he lives in Hawaii. So um, oh, okay. whenever we visit my wife's parents, uh, you know, he loves going. And of course, the first time I was there, he was like, hey, you want to try this out with me? Um, and I'm typically the kind of person who's like, yeah, I'll try that. Like, I love trying new things, especially when it comes to the outdoors. Uh, I don't have the best, like, uh, you know, swimming body out there, but um, 
but always happy to kind of have the experience. So, oh, fantastic! And so, and, and that sort of brings us into our first line of um, questioning, if you want, it, for lack of a better word. Um, so, have you spent a lot of time in the outdoors? Um, sort of growing up so have you spent a lot of time when you were younger in the outdoors or yeah I would say a moderate amount um the reason I say that is because uh growing up uh I, so I grew up in the Middle East right so I was actually born in Doha Qatar graduated okay. high school from Abu Dhabi in the UAE and mm. there isn't actually a lot of outdoors things to do there because it's a desert and I mean, there's some cool desert like camping and stuff, but not really something you can just like walk outside now go like, you know, <laughs> hiking up a sand dune. Like that's not really how it works. Right. So, um, and also of course the weather gets really hot, um, for like part of the year. Um, so I didn't really grow up having constant access to like beautiful outdoor nature things that I could like go out mm -hmm. in. Um, but when I came to the U S for college, yeah, I went to Georgia tech. Uh, and that is in, uh, you know, Atlanta, Georgia. And Georgia is just a beautiful state. You know, Atlanta is a, a big city, but very quickly, you just drive an hour, hour and a half, and you're already at places where they have, like, little waterfalls or, you know, um, like, nice little hikes and stuff like that. Um, and so I really just enjoyed kind of getting out. And, and you know, as, as you mentioned in my intro, I also did, like, cross-country in high school and stuff. So I always kind of considered myself being willing to, like, have you know having good cardiovascular fitness basically right so um and so i was just like yeah i'd love to hike you know when my friends would go out and hike uh and things like that and that's when i really started to just enjoy like oh this is a cool activity um my wife is also you know her family is very outdoorsy um and you know ever since i you know married her or started dating her um we've been doing a lot of like outdoors things as well uh mm -hmm. and so that's kind of like you know, growing up didn't have as much of that connection. But as I kind of came into my adult years, I kind of realized this was the thing I really enjoyed doing for myself. So you're saying a, a lot of your younger years, obviously, you, um, you you spent a lot of time, you know, growing up in the desert desert areas of the, of Qatar and, and the UAE. Um, so you can't go camping in, in the desert that, 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 that easily. But... Um, so you saying that a lot of your time that you spent in the outdoors was actually uh, when you moved to America for college and things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and I guess, does that mean that your outdoor experience was very much um, self-led and, and friend-led, friend group-led? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess, did when you were younger, did you, did you do a lot of traveling? Did you go to different places when, um, with your family and stuff? Yes. Yeah. So I, I had a really good opportunity to do that, especially living in the Middle East, you know, feels like everything's close by Europe, Asia, Africa. Um, hmm. So I did have a chance to travel a lot. Um, I would say my family themselves, uh, my parents, they're not very outdoorsy. Like, you know, like let's go take a, a tent to some place and, and go, um, you know, camping and stuff. Uh, but with my high school, I actually had a couple of opportunities or I guess middle school, it was a, like a K through 12 school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did have a couple opportunities in, in middle school to travel to certain places. Honestly, I had very lucky upbringing. Um, I got to go to like Malaysia for basically this camping trip in like the rainforest at, at, uh, one point in eighth grade. 
Um, I did have a couple times to also go camping in the desert itself. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, for, for that, you typically need like four wheelers that have, you know, deflated tire pressure and stuff to get out far enough. But um, I had the opportunity to do some of that growing up as well. I mean, that, that sort of just kind of blown my mind slightly that you know a, a school trip a school camping trip is going to malaysia for that's 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 awesome um and some of the the scenery in malaysia must have been was it a a, a shock or a, a culture shock or or from going from the the deserts that you have around there to going to malaysia and seeing the whole different landscape do you know what i mean um yeah i wouldn't even say it's it was a culture shock i think well, a couple things. One, I think when you're that young, like when you're in eighth grade and stuff, like, you know, your mind is still very elastic and you're able to kind of just like take any new experiences in stride. And especially when you're there with all your friends and stuff, you're just like, yeah, cool. This is an experience. <laughs> um, so it wasn't much of a shock. And also, um, you know, growing up, I, like I said, I moved around a lot um, uh, and I lived in different countries. You know, my parents were born and raised in India and then mm -hmm. they were the first ones to move out of India and then since then we've lived in like five different countries um for up to when I was 18 you know uh and they've still yeah. uh continued living in the UAE after that um and so I've also been pretty used to kind of dealing with different cultures uh and really yeah just kind of being pretty open when I when I go move to a new place and figuring out how to like you know uh, what the, what the values are what the things like that and kind of like how to just kind of make the best of the the next experience so uh, i wouldn't say it was much of a shock it was an amazing experience though for sure like you know camping literally in like this rainforest in malaysia that is like super remote you know it wasn't like a hotel or anything it was uh like the place i was at had uh was basically a small island uh that you couldn't really get out of and when we were doing like our treks we'd like get on these boats and like paddle ourselves over to like another kind of like island area and then do like the hike in that area and um i have a lot of fond memories from that time for sure uh but yeah and and do you think that you know these these fond memories is that sort of continued through and and sort of kept you going in the outdoors or is there being a big big sort of change as you've moved as you've got older like you do less of that sort of thing yeah, it's almost like I feel like I've almost been doing more of like outdoors things. You know, I like I love to travel in general, but especially, I guess, during the past few years when we couldn't travel, mm. I've replaced a lot of that with um, excuse me. I've replaced a lot of that with just uh, going outdoors to just local areas here in California, yeah. uh, you know, and, and kind of finding small little hikes and you know, maybe spending like half of my Saturday doing a little hike somewhere and then just kind of like having a picnic with my wife and then going back home. So uh, I, I feel like I'm definitely doing much more outdoors activities now um, than I was growing up even. And growing up, it was kind of those like one-off trips, you know, to Malaysia yeah. or, or whatever, uh, where I kind of had those experiences. It's a lot more consistent now in my life. Uh, that, that's that's quite cool because... Um you know even those one-off trips from what you're saying it sounds like you it sparked a, something in you that you do enjoy doing those sort of things going out on those little hikes and, and really sort of connecting with nature and and seeing the scenery 
So I guess as as you've got older, have you done a little bit more traveling to more, well, not exotic places because Malaysia is quite exotic, but um, traveling to different different areas to um, experience different scenery, different temperatures and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, you know, you know, the sad thing, um, a few years ago, my wife and I were going to go to Patagonia. Um, my my sister at the time was living down in South America uh, and we were going to kind of visit her and then go off for like a small week-long Patagonia trip. Oh, and man. then COVID hit <laughs> and all the flights got canceled and everything. So uh, that didn't happen. Um, this summer, we are going to like Yellowstone and um, uh, Jackson Hole for like a little week-long hiking trip as well. So really excited about that. Um, so yeah, you know, I've, I'm, I'm having the chances to do some of those uh, over the past few years have pretty much just been in California or we visited, you know, my wife's parents in Hawaii. Uh, so got to do some, some nice cool little hikes over there as well. Uh, I've considered all of those pretty local because we were like actually living in those areas yeah. um, as we did it. So I haven't had the chance to really like make a dedicated trip uh, yet but the summer is happening really excited (laughs) i mean that's the thing you've got yosemite just down the road really haven't you yeah yeah and i haven't even had the chance to go yet to be honest have you not so yeah so really excited that's going to happen sometime this year probably uh, as well as the the world opens back up and so you i touched on it in the introduction you sort of you've got a quite a cross-section there of skiing and rock climbing and then obviously underwater spearfishing um what sort of attracted you to do those sorts of things yeah again those are all like experiences right like um it's not even something i necessarily do on the regular mm. uh but you know first time i met my wife's parents when we were dating uh we were in utah that's where uh, my wife's grandma lived at the time and we and again her dad's super athletic and he was like, you've never been skiing before. We need to go. And so I went skiing. I loved it. I'm waiting for the next trip, honestly, uh, to, to do it again. Um, so that was kind of like my skiing thing. Uh, I, rock climbing is actually something I kind of did mm-hmm. growing up uh, on rock climbing walls. So not, you know, out in nature, rock climbing. That is also a, a goal of mine <laughs> to get out there one day and, and kind of actually do it on one of these California yeah. mountainsides. But uh it's something, I don't know, it was like one of those things my parents enrolled me in when I was like in elementary school. And I, I kind of did it a bit in middle school as well, kind of got out of touch a bit in high school and then kind of have been doing it on and off uh, since I got to college, you know, like once in a while, I'd be like, yeah, I just want to go to a rock climbing wall. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and and so that, that was that was sort of you you touched on that you lived in five different countries before you were eighteen, um, and obviously the main ones were Qatar and the UAE, um, and that sort of area. Where was the other places then? Because I mean, I've been to uh, Dubai and Qatar, and I'm, I obviously didn't frequent the sports centres and stuff, so I don't know if they've got the the climbing there. So did it was it did it happen anywhere else? Uh, well, the rock climbing, yeah, it was actually mostly in Qatar because my school there had a rock oh, cool. climbing wall. Um, so in terms of where I've lived, I also spent a couple of years in Houston, Texas, but that was when I was in like kindergarten and first grade and very young. I don't remember much of it. Um, 
my life story has basically been that like born in Qatar, you know, moved to Houston when I was really young for a couple of years, moved to Abu Dhabi, moved back to Qatar, moved back to Abu Dhabi, graduated high school, went to college in the US. (laughs) So uh, we moved around a lot kind of back and forth between Qatar Mm -hmm. and the UAE. But um, but yeah, not really. We haven't really lived in other places that Mm -hmm. I would count. You know, I've obviously spent a long, lot of time in India as well and things because um, that's where my extended family lives. But uh, not that I would count as like a actually living there, going to school yeah. there kind of stuff. Fair enough. And I mean, that, that's that's quite a cultural center is going to India as well. Um, where, whereabouts in India was it? Yeah, both of my parents were born and raised in um, Mumbai. Okay. Uh, so that's typically where we call home. Mm-hmm. We've also done, you know, Indians have this funny thing where we love to tour other parts of India too, which is great. I mean, Americans yeah. do that too, right? So uh, it's not that unique. But um, we have gone to a lot of different places in India as well uh, a lot of times. Sometimes we've been like, yeah, we don't really want to go back to Mumbai. Let's uh, just spend a day there and then go off mm. to, you know, we actually got to go to um, like the Himalayan mountains uh, you know, this little place called uh, Ladakh, yep. which is, oh yeah, yeah, you've, oh, uh, I'm glad you've heard of it. So yeah, it's basically the tallest uh, like road <laughs> in India, like uh, that, that goes up to there. Yeah. Uh, and we had a really cool, ex- yeah, I had a chance to have a really cool just kind of trip there as well. Also, you know, a little bit of hiking and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. We we had a guest on called Arnav from um. He was from New Delhi, and he was talking about the duck in his in his episode. So, um. So yeah, as soon as you said it, it was like, yep, yeah, I know exactly where it is. <laughs> uh, it is it is such a beautiful. It is like I have that on the list of like taking my kids to one day because it is one of the most beautiful places I have ever visited in my life. Um. So highly recommend it to anyone who uh wants to go yeah but it does require you know a couple of days of uh acclimation and stuff like that yeah so if, if you know if you have like a bad heart health or whatever be careful <laughs> well, he sold it to me so it is on my bucket list now and you sold it as well <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad um uh, we, we've talked extensively about you, you know your outdoor background and you enjoy the experience and you enjoy getting out there and doing it. So what sort of drove you to doing mechanical engineering as, as a, you know, I, I say a profession because that's what you sort of do now. So what sort of drove you into doing that? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. I, I don't even know if I have a great answer for that. Mm. Um, Cause I don't know. I, when you're, when you're that young, when you're like, you know, in, in college, just graduated high school, I feel like you don't really, not a lot of people really know what they want to do. And it's not really till you graduate, start a career, that you start getting more of a sense of like how you can contribute to society and maybe what direction you want to go from there. Yeah. Um, so I kind of chose mechanical engineering just because like, you know, growing up, I kind of enjoyed math and science-y stuff. I, at one point in high school, I thought I was going to like get a PhD in hard sciences. Uh, and then kind of when I went to college, I was like, you know, I, I want to have like, I don't want to be in school for like decades before I could start working. I want to at least have a degree that maybe, you know, can be a good baseline for me. Hmm. And that's just kind of where I chose mechanical engineering. At that point too, you know, I was going to Georgia Tech. I uh, was really fascinated with like astronomy and I thought I was going to do aerospace engineering for a while. Uh, And then turns out as like, you know, um, uh, 
international student, there actually aren't a lot of opportunities with aerospace engineering because a lot of that is like in the government uh, and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, okay, mechanical engineering is close enough. Let me just kind of stick with that, see where it goes. And through college too, my whole thing changed. I kind of like, you know, let go of the aerospace side. I was like, huh, I really want to work with like robots and automation. I specialize in like robotics and automation. Um, and then from there, that's how I kind of went into manufacturing because uh, a lot of robotics and automation kind of like opportunities are in manufacturing. Mm. Uh, worked in the auto industry for a couple of years in like a small car bricks company in South Carolina. Um, and then was like, you know, I, I kind of want to change. Uh, you know, I don't want to necessarily focus purely on the engineering side. I still want to have some relation to it. And so I went and got my MBA and now I work with like sourcing mechanical components, custom mechanical designs for uh, hardware products hmm. uh, in the tech industry. So yeah, pretty cool stuff. And so how old are you? Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I still feel pretty young. I'm 26 years old, right? So All right. I haven't even hit that 30 mark yet. So I guess I'm not a real adult yet. No, you, you're younger <laughs> than me. So I just, I just, because the next line of questioning is a case of, um, depending on how, your age, you would have grown up with different levels of technology as you were going through your schooling. So, you know, we, we, we spoke about, you know, the reasons you went into mechanical engineering and when you were growing up, what sort of, because there must've been an antithesis of, you know, having technology when you were younger and, and maybe that was some of the reasons why you went into it as well. So just talk us through sort of the technology uses that you've used throughout your life, starting from when you were sort of in school up to now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this lately, how like my generation is going to be the last generation that remembers what it was like to not always have a phone mm. <laughs> um, with you, you know? So also, you know, growing up outside of uh, the U.S. Uh, and I guess, you know, even outside of Europe, technology kind of gets to a lot of other countries a bit slow, slower, mm. right? So for instance, when a lot of my, you know, uh, pe my friends, people my age that grew up here in the U.S., they had like, you know, data, uh, you know, LTE and all that on their smartphones in high school. Um, that was like not a normal thing mm. in the UAE at the time. That was something like working professionals obviously had data, their companies would pay for it and stuff. Yeah. You don't just get that as like a high school student, right? Um, so I definitely felt like technology was a little bit slower. You know, my, my experience with technology was a bit um, less than probably a lot of people my age here in the US, mm. but still a lot because I still grew up with the internet. Um, I still, you know, uh, I do remember what dial-up was like and stuff, but <laughs> I also did have like pretty decent internet by the time I was in high school working on my school assignments and stuff. Yeah. So um, it's hard for me to talk about the kind of technology I grew up with uh, because I, I did have like cell phones in high school, right? Like the Nokias so that my parents could like check in on me after like an extracurricular activity at school, mm. right? Um, I, I had a smartphone in like my last year of high school as I was like preparing to go to college. Yeah. Um, and I really just, you know, I had smartphone like that way onwards. 
Uh, I did have like iPods, right? I remember those growing up because uh, I love music. You know, I'm, I'm working on wireless speakers right now. I've always kind of been into music. Yeah. And so um, I had like the iPod Nano, like the really like tiny one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember that. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think, you know, and I, and of course I had like a laptop towards the end of high school as well. My family had like a computer in the home, a desktop that I could use for things. So uh, that's kind of growing up with technology. I definitely had like the basis of like, you know, the computer age stuff. Yeah. But um, I didn't necessarily grow up with like the latest and greatest of everything. Uh, but now I'm in college, you know, I have an iPhone and all that stuff. Or, since I went to college, now I'm, I'm not in college. <laughs> but, uh, now I'm in the U.S., and since I went to college, I've had like iPhones and laptops and all that stuff. So um, I guess that's like a basis for the technology I grew up with. And because we're we're this, we're of the same generations, we're we're classed as millennials. So um, yeah, you, you're making me giggle because someone had the uh, 160 gig uh, iPod. Um, what did they used to call them? iPod Classics. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, and yeah, it was amazing. They they were still you were still trying to keep that going, um, all the all the way to where the the, the iPhones have come out from the iPhone three to the four and then to the five is sort of like, yeah, you're still trying to keep this thing going and it was just dying slowly on you. But yeah, um, but that's interesting because that's what Arnav said about sort of India as well is he said that India was uh, a lot further behind than so um what was it he was saying that the, the people that were growing up in the 90s in America uh, were further ahead with the technology than the people that, that were so you're thinking 2003 they were sort of getting the same sort of technology in India so it's interesting to get that perspective of even in um quite a westernized country that like like the UAE is is that even then, you still got a, a lag behind. So that's that's interesting um, for me to find that sort of thing out. Um, yeah, for you know, a good example actually is my high school was a BlackBerry school, uh, right. and you know, I graduated high school in twenty thirteen. Mm -hmm. Twenty thirteen, the iPhone was like already well into its prime here in the U.S. You know, BlackBerry had been killed off here at yeah. that point, basically. And in my high school, everyone had Blackberries, <laughs> uh, and. Not many people had iPhones, you know, if anything, you might see like an iPod touch, but yeah, distribution was, is just slower for hardware products outside, you know, it's usually first the US and then Europe mm. and then the rest of the world um, because the, the tech companies are, you know, are here uh, unless it's like, you know, Android and stuff, you know, you see that a lot of that in Asia because you've got Samsung, Huawei, all those yeah. over there. Um, but, you know, at least when I was growing up and the big tech companies were Microsoft and Apple and stuff, uh, it was, yeah, they, they would typically, you know, they, they're not prioritizing the Middle East as a key market to, to figure out how to ship their yeah. products to. So, um, and, and, and that, that comes down to, to business type and, and who you're selling to and who's got the money to buy it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, on a regular basis now, what sort of things are you? Are you very tech based now? Because obviously you're developing these these speakers, and are you doing that through computer based stuff, or are you doing that, you know, getting your hands dirty and getting the solder and iron out and actually making the making the circuits go? Uh, yeah, I mean a little bit of both is what I've done. Um, so I have like the early prototypes where I had kind of like 
I, I bought a speaker and I cracked it open, you know, myself to like figure out what's inside and how it all works. Uh, and then the next phase was me getting like a Raspberry Pi development board and then connecting a speaker to it and then figuring out how to like do some of the stuff I needed to. Uh, and then phase three was like, okay, well, let's like, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of identified the technology, I've identified kind of like how this stuff can work. Uh, let's find a manufacturer who can kind of put it all together for me. So, uh, you know, I haven't done as low level as like every single circuit because I was like, yeah, I, there's already manufacturers who know how to do that. They've made speakers before. I don't need to re reinvent yeah. the wheel here, but, um, but I've done enough to like make sure I understand <laughs> like what exactly we need, what's going, uh, <laughs> make sure we're getting the yeah. right stuff in our product. Um, especially cause I've been really aiming to make the product as affordable as possible. And so I wanted to figure out like, what do we need and what, what's just the extra stuff that companies force you to buy that you're probably only going to be utilizing like 1% of your time as an extra feature. Uh, and yeah. so that's the kind of stuff I've kind of digged into and been like, okay, I think we can get rid of this, you know, hardware side uh, and then bring the price down a bit. So, yeah. Do you spend a lot of time, screen time um, each day, you know, looking at, you, you obviously you say you, you work for a tech company in, in America and then you're away doing your, um, your own business. So are you spending a fair amount of time on screens? And yeah, stuff? unfortunately so. <laughs> I, you know, I try to force myself to get out a couple times a day now for like a walk or something just to unplug. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and this is called unplugged. So like great. that I word. <laughs> um, but I, I spend too much time, I think, on my computer because, you know, I've got my day job. And then after that's done, I pretty much move on to my personal laptop and then start working on the stuff for Dio. Uh, mm -hmm. And a lot of the stuff I'm working on as well is like the marketing side too, you know, putting together like you know, graphics and, and flyers and stuff like that to just kind of make the product more understandable and then things like that, communicating over email with a bunch of different people. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, most of my day is now spent in front of screens. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the issue of working for a tech company and then setting up your own tech yeah. company <laughs> on the side. Um, I mean... I like I like the the fact that you've 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 set some boundaries in there and and you try and get out for walks and and to unplug. Um, there's there's a lot a lot to be said about doing that and and actually um, giving yourself some time to you know breathe. Have you heard of the twenty 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 rule? I have not. <laughs> have you not? So you work for twenty minutes and then you look up um, for twenty seconds. 20 meters away and that's supposed to and, and, and things like that okay so okay yeah i need to keep that in mind all right yeah so for, work for 20 minutes look up look at something about 20 20 yards 20 meters away and then for 20 seconds and that helps to readjust the eyes i love it i'm gonna start doing that actually uh Good. i'm gonna start today because <laughs> it's still it's still the beginning of the day for me here in the u.s so yep um yeah good morning by the way <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah and good evening hopefully you're gonna you're gonna have a pretty fun weekend coming up after this uh, interview yes i've got a busy weekend sorted so um so you know i was saying you, you've got huge amounts of technology in your life and, and obviously you're working for a tech company and then you're doing your stuff on the side um and you know 
as you said, as you were growing up, you had different levels of technology compared to what you were seeing in, in the US and in Europe and stuff. So how, how do you think that it's changed as you've grown up? You know, how the development of technology, how has that changed your outlook on as you've grown up? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question, too. Um, I think it's a, the, it's a big question. So, yeah, yeah. I, and I think, you know, I think the Internet has actually been a big change uh, mm -hmm. in just my lifestyle. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, growing up, the Internet was this thing that we had in one room <laughs> uh, in, on, on one desktop computer. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, I didn't really even, I was too young to even know what to use it for, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like eventually I created like an email in middle school um, and I mostly used the internet to look up cheat codes for games yep. uh, that I was playing <laughs> on my PlayStation 2. Um, and, uh, and that was about it. And... As I grew up, you know, not only did I find more uses for the internet, the internet changed too, and also my accessibility to the internet, right? Like three different things. Like one, you know, I needed to use the internet more for like researching just things, right? Whether it was for high school, like essays and mm -hmm. stuff like that, um, or, uh, you know, or, or just other things now in life. Like every day I'm, I'm doing Google search for a small thing, like movie reviews, right? Like, you know, what should I watch next? You know, podcast reviews or uh, like this company I want to buy from, are they legit? You know, like things like that. Um, and, uh, and so that's definitely been like a change, right? Another thing too is like the internet itself, right? Like I mentioned like e-commerce, amazon.com. Mm -hmm. That wasn't really around when I was much younger. In fact, I remember like, there were things like RuneScape, right, on the <laughs> yeah. internet, like games, uh, on uh, web-based games. And I remember, like, the rule of, of my family and in the house was, like, you're never going to purchase something on the internet. That's too sketchy, mm -hmm. right? Like, how could you ever put your credit card online anywhere on a random website to purchase things? That was, like, a big no-no. And now it's, like, I'm shopping from Amazon, <laughs> right? Like, I, my banking is all online. Yeah. I like it, it's you know, stuff like that. That's just like, wow. Like the internet has fundamentally shifted where now it's even like, okay to like, you know, put your credit card in the internet and things like Facebook have come along too. Right. Like social, like just before it was just web pages, right? Like maybe there was like Google and you search for specific websites that had like information yeah. on them. Uh, and now it's like you go online for everything. Right. Um, so that's another thing too. And then the third thing has also been like the accessibility portion, right? Like I mentioned, like it, the internet used to be just a thing connected to my desktop computer in, in one room in my home. Uh, and now it's a thing that I expect access to everywhere, yeah. right? Like airplanes have it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and I think that's another thing that's also just like shifted my life, right? Because now I don't, you know, I said I used to have, uh, an iPod, mm -hmm. right? I don't download music on a devices anymore. Like that's crazy, <laughs> right? Like now I just have like a Spotify subscription and I have access to whatever I want to at any time, anywhere I go out, right? Like it, it's like those very rare moments where I had to think like, Oh, do I need to like download my playlist so I can listen to it because I won't have like access to like data. 
Uh, like that was something I had to think about when I was visiting my parents this Christmas in the UAE. Right. Because I was like, oh, like I don't have free international roaming everywhere I go. Uh, like the U.S. is a big place. And so it's like you anywhere I go in the U.S., I can expect to have Internet. But then like when I'm finally traveling outside and like, you know, I'm taking all these trips with my parents to different places uh, in the UAE. It's like, oh, no, I need to like make sure I have my music for those road trips, <laughs> you know, like um, and I need to find ways to entertain myself. That isn't like a phone game that requires Internet to connect to. Um those are like those small moments where I'm like, wow, yeah, that used to be normal for me. Like that was like everyday life. And now it's just those one-off moments. Um, so I, you know, I see that as just kind of my view of, and I'm still young. I'm just 26 mm. and I'm seeing this like big change in the internet. And I'm just like, wow, what's it going to be like for the people, you know, my, my friend's two-year-old daughter <laughs> who like will be like wow you needed to like there were times that you you didn't have the internet there were times when you couldn't buy things online from the internet and get it here in two days um like you know that's gonna be just like that's gonna be caveman times for her <laughs> um <laughs> so you know yeah those are things i definitely like reflect on um and i've thought about for, for quite a bit so do, do you feel a lot of um is there is there a level of sort of anxiety or fear when you go go to the UAE and you're sort of like, do I need to download this because I'm not going to have a phone signal that's going to provide me connection to the internet? Because I mean, the US itself is, you know, there there is as you say that level of demand for being connected. So when you go abroad and you're like, oh, I don't have that. Does, is there a, a a strange sinking feeling of like I can't. I can't Google something to check something or. Yeah. I, it's so funny. Cause I had those moments this, this past Christmas when I visited my parents. Mm. Um, yeah. Like I had those moments where it was like, you know, we are, we live in Abu Dhabi where I have Wi-Fi, but then we're going mm -hmm. out to Dubai, right. To like do some things. <laughs> we're going to like parks or like, you know, tourist attractions just to take my wife there. And like, there's not mm -hmm. always Wi-Fi in those places. Even if there is Wi-Fi, it's actually not like as like, steady you know um there's like you yeah. know places in like the building or, or whatever that you don't have access like they just like your phone just loses it uh and there are those times yeah where i'm like pulling out my phone i'm like oh i want to check something real quick and I'm like i can't check it okay just put it in my pocket i'll shelve that thought i'll figure it out when we get home um so <laughs> you know not so much like a sinking feeling more though that like uh wow this is inconvenient <laughs> <laughs> um i like i'm a little bit upset right now okay whatever you know, I, like, past it. um i even remember one time when like you know we wanted to oh this was even the the funniest part my wife and i wanted to like you know rent out those little like bikes you know that you can rent to just mm -hmm. kind of bike around the city and, and abu dhabi there's like a beautiful yep. like you know kind of like boardwalk area in abu dhabi called the corniche um and we want to like bike along it in the morning and we go there and then we go to a bike thing. It's like, download this app. And I was like, no, I, I don't have internet on my phone right now. And I literally, we had to walk back home and I had to download the app and then set up my account and then walk back to the bike rental place and then get it. Um, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. So, so those were, um, and as you know, and that's something like we wanted to do an outdoors thing. Like, you know, we, we wanted to mm. unplug, go on this nice little bike ride. We're not on our phones. We're really just kind of like, you know, like talking and riding and like, uh, it, it, you know, technology was 
was too far ahead of us there. So, yeah. Because <laughs> the interesting thing was is that we had uh, uh, Ben Donsky on, and he was uh, he he was in park design and things like that, and he was talking about Wi-Fi connection in in parks in in cities and in towns, and that there needed to be a Wi-Fi connection in 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 parks. And I was, when when he was talking about it, I was sitting there thinking, God. I, we don't have Wi-Fi connection in parks in the UK, you know, um, and, and it was it was such a sort of uh, yeah, it was a bit of a sort of ah oh, step back and think, you know. So it, and it, when I went to Dubai and, and and that sort of thing, fortunately my mate was living in 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 Qatar at the time in Doha, so he had a phone, but you know I didn't have it. But that it is that conscious thing of because you've become so used to it, you're sort of going, ah, oh, no, I've got to go home now to go download the app to then be able to go and do something outside. So it's there, it's, it's poignant in, in all of our sort of interactions with the world these days. And um, so how do you feel like it's changing modern, modern day culture and, and society if, if we have this such, we want that convenience all the time and that level of connection because we can Google something quickly just, just to check it. Yeah, how do, you, how do you feel? It's your perspective on how it's changing. Yeah, yeah, and that's a really great question. You know, um, funny enough, I'm actually optimistic for the future mm-hmm. because I think um, what we've gone through in our lives, right, like basically living from dial-up to smartphones, mm-hmm. you know, um, the kind of shock, right, and like, cultural shift that caused it's really hard for a new technology to do that again unless it's so unless it's like teleportation right like it has to be so vastly different um that that people don't even have a baseline to understand how that how that works right yeah and so i actually feel like our generation had the bad end of the deal, right? Like we're the ones who had to figure it out, right? Who had to figure out that you can't talk to strangers online as dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, I had to figure out like that technology can be addicting, you know, that had to figure out that, you know, tech companies can uh, focus on metrics, you know, to make their products more engaging that actually ends up causing addictions, mm-hmm. right? And stuff like that, or to some level, right? Um, and uh, and then and then we had to figure out what we had to do to stop ourselves mm. from falling falling down that. And I feel like the future generations are growing up with that like group wisdom already in place. Like they know that they shouldn't be talking to strangers already. Right? That's like you did what online like you know like mom like what like how could you even like do that that's like common sense right because to them it's common sense how to almost like use technology for Mm. themselves right how how to how to use technology rather than let the technology use them um and you know and more people you know in the younger generations know like yeah you can download this app that allows that basically stops tracking right of like cookies and stuff like that like you can do xyz um and they kind of like already know these things uh and you know they also know how to use the technology to actually like build real world connections right like you know people in my age group and younger 
are more used to online dating, yeah. right? And they know how to make that into something real in a real relationship with a real person. Um, and, you know, they, uh, and the same thing with like, you know, using apps that show you, you know, like the best hiking areas near you, stuff like that. Like that is being built in real time now and will just be like a commonplace part of your digital ecosystem, I think, for all the future gen generations. That if they're just like, wait, there's not an app that can show me where to hike, like, what? Like, that's crazy. Um, and so, you know, I personally, you know, my view is that it's going to get better <laughs> because people are going to, you know, the younger generations are going to figure out how to use technology to make more enhanced experiences mm -hmm. with the outdoors rather than just making it this like black hole that like just sucks you in forever. Um, and I also just feel like, again, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm an optimistic person when it comes to just kind of like the future and stuff. I'm a pessimist when it comes to my own yeah. business and, <laughs> and like, you know, yeah, setting my own expectations for myself, but I'm an optimist, uh, you know, when it comes to the rest of the world where um, I, I think human nature uh, enjoys unplugging, yeah. you know, like I, I think like, like humans enjoy nature, right? And like I said, I didn't even necessarily grow up with my parents taking me out to camping all the time and things like that. And I grew to enjoy it as soon as I was in a place uh, where I had that constant mm -hmm. access, you know, where, you know, the rest of my friends were doing it too. Um, and, and at the same time, I also had more technology enter my life, right? Smartphones and, you know, coming to America, smartphones, constant internet access, things like that. Um, and both of them kind of grew in parallel. And that's kind of like why I think that, you know, future generations, they're always going to love, you know, there's always going to be a large portion of the population that loves skiing, you know, that loves hiking, that loves, uh, in fact, everyone, right? Like, there's not really many people I know, even the people I grew up with in a, even the people who I went to, to college with in an engineering focused college, right? Uh, where a lot of my friends from there are here also in mm -hmm. Silicon Valley with me. Um, and they love playing video games all day long, but they are also going on hikes, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, I think it's just like human nature for everyone to enjoy those things. And I think that future generations will be able to use technology just to make that right. easier, you know, more accessible to find the place that they want to go on that hike for, find the nearby beach that's not crowded, um, that they can, you know, yeah. hang out at uh, or find those groups that are spear fishing <laughs> or rock climbing or whatever. Um, and yeah, so, so that's kind of my, my view of, of technology changing society in the future. But I definitely think it, we are kind of the lost generation where we've had to figure out, you know, how to work with the internet and stuff um, during our lifetimes. That's it. That's interesting because I've not heard it in that sort of put it in that point of view um, where, you know, our generation, the millennial generation has grown up with, you know, not having that technology to start with and still having to go outside and, and really sort of be a proponent of using your own imagination to make, make up a game like running up a hill that's actually a fort or something, you know, um, getting loads of sticks and running around with them. And then uh, as computer games came in and, you know, there was this big shift to it, um, and then all the associated things with um, social media and stuff is it's really interesting point of view. So that's that's cool. And 
you're not the only person to say about technology helping to connect people with the outdoors because as you say where where the empty beaches or you know which hike am I going to go on this weekend the only thing that interests me on that one is obviously I've had a few individuals with um, a lot of adventure experience and one of them was saying that um, when um, did the Grand Canyon um, he he ended up taking a big group with him he actually lost the sort of adventure sort of the expedition edge on it because what he'd done is is he'd gone on YouTube and he'd actually looked through all of the um, big big rapids that potentially could you know he could lose a member of their group in and he said it took all the adventure out of it because he'd already mm. he'd already seen it all um obviously there were still some big rapids and stuff but these major areas he'd already and those are the bits where for an individual like himself it, it would be a case of those are the bits where the, the real sort of adventure comes into it where it's the unknown so it's interesting and i, I just say that because it's a case of you know seeing it from your point of view and then seeing it from his point of view you have that juxtaposition of yeah it makes the outdoors really accessible but does it remove any sort of adventure that you could have in it and what do you what do you think on that you know hearing that sort of change of opinion and stuff yeah no i mean i i can totally see that i cuz wherever in human history have we had the chance to see something that we haven't seen, right? Like um, with our own eyes, right? Um, and, and, and still see that. I think that's a really interesting one too, right? Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I can totally see the point of it taking the adventure out of it. Um, it kind of reminds me of like, for instance, movies, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. you don't want spoilers and the internet has evolved, right? To, to a point where you can actually look up a movie and not get any spoilers at all because every single page you go to that's a top page or whatever that's optimized for SEO has a warning saying spoilers beyond this point. Um, so that's kind of one of those things again where I'm like, I'm almost like optimistic that the internet will evolve to like, um, mm. to balance like, you know, a lot of that um, mm-hmm. with the future generations because they're the ones who are gonna like grow up being like, oh yeah, that took the adventure out of it. Like, why don't I just do this thing with yeah. technology instead? Um, and they already have like the, the mindset of how to use technology for them rather than, uh, you know, making it a, uh, like a attention, you know, or, or like mm-hmm. a choose one over the other. That being said, you know, I, I still think, and I, I hope you don't think I'm saying that technology is the best thing ever. Like it makes the outdoors so much better because uh, like it definitely doesn't. Um, and so my whole point more, more so is that, uh, I think we're getting to a point where people are learning how, again, to like how to make Mm -hmm. technology work for them and how to not. Right. So where even my father-in-law can like look at, you know, he loves spearfishing and stuff and he's constantly watching videos of like different kinds of fish, different things to look out for. Um, And like where, yeah. So where people are able to like know, and you know, and when, and then when he goes spearfishing, he's not like taking like, a video with him to be like, well, what is that fish I'm looking at? Right. Like he knows that like, he wants to spend some time like looking at it here and then, and then he's driven to go out and he's leaving all his technology Mm -hmm. behind jumping in the ocean. And so that's kind of like where I have that hope for like, people are learning how 
to mm. set their boundaries, you know, and, and how it's just becoming natural for them to like know when to use technology to help them with the outdoor stuff. And then when to be like, okay, now I'm going yeah. out into the outdoors. I don't need this stuff with me. And it's easy for them to just let it go. Um, and so uh, that's kind of where I have that hope that technology is getting to a point where people are uh, learning how to let it go, right? Because it's not like this terrible addicting thing that's just yeah. completely sucking you away from the things you want to do. But it's more the thing that you're able to pick up, use for enhancing your experience when you need to. And then just like throw back down and then go off and, and, and do your hike, do your <laughs> underwater spear fishing, um, do, do your thing that you, you want to do. Um, so I'm optimistic that technology is getting to that point, but I definitely see that, like, I remember that period. I, I know that period still exists for a lot of people where it takes you away from doing the other things that you want to do because you still have that thing sucking you in um yeah so so yeah that's kind of my uh that's my answer there <laughs> fantastic no it's it's great mate um so but i, I think we'll, we'll finish it there because i think that that's actually a really good place to just just park it there so really appreciate that mate um at the end of the podcast i always ask this question uh, it's a bit of an ambiguous one, so you don't have to worry about money, your job, things like that. So if you could spend a year anywhere in the world doing anything you want, but you had to live off grid, where would you go and what would you do? New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, no hesitation. <laughs> I am the biggest no Lord hesitation. of the Rings fan in the entire universe. <laughs> and if I could just yeah. spend a year like living in the Shire or something in some peace... Mm -hmm. Um, and just the beautiful, you know, just like middle earth scenery around me. I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, that was the quickest and snappiest answer I've ever had. New Zealand, Lord of the Rings. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I know. That, I mean, yeah, New Zealand's on my bucket list as well. That, that And it's a big, it's complete and a playground around there is it's fantastic the scenery so i'm i'm with you on that one definitely so anyway much appreciated for you coming on that was a great episode i really enjoyed that thanks very much i did too thanks so much for having me on last little bit mate did you want to give us a little bit more information about your company yeah yeah for sure so um you know i mentioned it a bit in the intro as well but i'm basically making these wireless speakers that you can put everywhere around your house and you can play your audio to any of them, to all of them, you know, uh, pretty easily. And the goal is to make it really easy to set up and really affordable to purchase. So uh, we are doing an Indiegogo launch, uh, which for those who don't know, it's basically pre-orders. Uh, and you can pre-order the product starting April 5th. We're going to run it for about 30 days. And uh, the pre-orders will be for a pretty sizable discount, you know, up to 25%. Uh, if you're back in the first two days, uh, and I think if I remember correctly, it's about 18%. Uh, if it's uh, after that for the for the next 30 days, and you know that can be a lot of money if you're planning to buy a lot of speakers to put around your home. Uh, it also only works for iPhone only, unfortunately, and we will only be selling in the U.S. to begin with. But you know, if you happen to fall in those categories, please check us out. Uh, DioConnect.com. That's our website, and uh, starting April 5th, we will be linking to our indiegogo page there as well so yeah no worries man 
big thanks again for Arkish for joining us on the Unplugged Debate. Until next time, thanks for listening.